Chapter Twenty One of A Deal with the Devil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Angelique G. Campbell, February two thousand nineteen. A Deal with the Devil by Eden Philpotts. My Nightmare. I did not sleep that night for many hours, and when I finally slumbered, there came to me a nightmare involving Grandpapa, which took ten years off my life. I dreamed that the morning had come and that i went into grandfather's room to wish him many happy returns of the day a thing i should certainly not have done in reality but i was in the spirit and never shall i forget the spectacle which greeted me as i stood by the old man's pillow instead of the ruddy healthy boy i had left overnight instead of the muscular deep-chested deep-voiced young athlete who was on that day to row at henley there sat in the bed an uncanny wrinkled decrepit mummy of a creature it was bald save for a thin tangle of white eyebrow over each bleared eye its mouth was a mere slit its nose and chin nearly met its cheeks had fallen in one thin skeleton of a claw held the bedclothes up to its scrawny neck its head shook its under jaw dropped its back was round as a wheel the thing manifested indications of profoundest age what what is this who are you i gasped turning faint and clutching at a chair back for support it laughed a little squeaky wheezy laugh and a cunning expression came into its dim eyes keep your nerve it said the show's bust up the new scheme's broken down grandpapa he he yes a hundred and eight not twenty i've downed him downed him grandpapa that means bested him beaten him scored off him lord lord you'd have laughed to see what went on here last night nick swore and cussed and stormed and stamped round and perspired brimstone but it wasn't any matter of use he'd given himself away by his own foolishness tell me grandfather tell me all about it this is a happy day indeed in my dream i gave the old hero an egg and milk with a little brandy then he sat up and in a weak trembling voice broken with fits of senile chuckling he told me about his interview nick came in here for a chat he always goes to henley he mentioned the diamonds and guaranteed i should win em he was friendly as you please and hoped i'd had a good time and didn't regret my bargain then i told him of my visit to the lawyers rapped out at him for a blundering unbusinesslike ass got the agreement out went through it with him and showed him what he'd really done he was fairly mad but he couldn't get away from facts i said the point lies in a nutshell there'll be nothing of me left to go anywhere and even you cannot arrange for the eternity of a non-existent being can you he had to admit he couldn't he was properly cross he tore the agreement to little pieces and stamped on it 
he argued some time with me and pointed out a fact that i had fully grasped already he said yes it's pretty clear i've ever reached myself my fiendish conceits always tripping me up i ought to have got my lawyers to help me but i thought i could thrash a simple thing like that out alone he said that much and then i made some satirical remark which stung him for he turned on me about as short and nasty as they make them and said blessed if i know what you want to snigger for you don't seem to realize what a unique fix you're in you won't go anywhere now that's what's the matter with you nothing to chortle about i should think i'm not chortling at that i answered i'm merely smiling a bit to see you getting so warm you better listen to reason and leave the past alone is there any way out of this of course i want to go somewhere i've got a strong objection to becoming extinct how would you like it i suppose even you would rather hang on where you are than be blotted out altogether you can't get away from a signed agreement he answered sulkily yes we can if we draw out another cancelling the first i answered no more writing for me he said well then let us have an oral understanding i suggested i'll entertain any proposal in reason he replied but of course i was unprepared with suggestions the interview had been sprung upon me and i had not bestowed a moment's thought upon preparations you're in a fix i know he remarked a mere temporal quandary only involving certain ladies and so forth but still troublesome as far as it goes i might do this i might quash all earthly suits by the simple expedient of restoring you to your real age as it is you will upset a good many of them because old bangley brown for instance is on the lookout for a man of seventy-five and the publican's daughter marie rogers expects a man of five and forty or fifty but by returning to the ripe old age of one hundred and eight you reduce the whole series of proceedings to a farce and leave the different police courts and places without a stain on your character in any case you can only live one year more but the difference is this that if you go on as you're going you go out altogether whereas if you consent to my alternative 
you'll die in your bed and have a future as you may imagine martha i grew very excited a future where i inquired in my dream exactly where there's the rub grandfather answered i asked nick the same question and he said i wonder you can inquire if you've any sense of justice or gratitude you ought to feel the extent of your debt and not hesitate to pay it in any case whatever your private ambitions may be your past record is such that if you go anywhere at all your destination is practically determined i did not argue upon this point continued grandfather feeling it would be better tack to slur it over and leave a loophole but he held me to it and finally got me to promise that i would never attempt to reform or amend my ways during the last year of my life he insisted all the time that he would not alter the result but i could see from his great anxiety upon the point that he knew there might be plenty of opportunity for me to turn over a new leaf and make a good end if i chose to do so however i promised him to lead as abandoned and dissolute a life as could be expected from a man of one hundred and eight so we effected the compromise he was nervous about it to the last but felt it to be the only way out of the cul-de-sac his own stupidity had placed him in then the change was made i went to sleep a boy and woke up as you find me here i'm all here but stiff about the legs and deucedly rheumatic go out and get me a tall hat and some black ready-made clothes and some easy felt boots and a few walking sticks and the strongest spectacles you can buy then i'll get up so ended my clear grandpapa's astounding statement but my dream went on i made him some bread and milk fed him with it and then hurried out to purchase necessities the world had turned upside down for me i expected the newspaper boys to be yelling out failure of the new scheme End of chapter twenty one